This is the Third and Thirty Podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is uh, Coach Praveen Manchpagada, and I'm joined alongside Coach Jason Chaddock, and we're happy to be here for episode number five of the Third and Thirty Podcast. We got a great guest on board to have a great conversation with us. Uh, Coach Chaddock, how you doing today? Coach, I'm doing good. We're, we're having a good time. We got good weather. Um, we're, we're trying to sneak out of the 95 and 100 degree weather and we're dropping down to, you know, 89, 90. So I'm doing good. We're, uh, you know, we're learning each week and, uh, I, am really enjoying that, that, uh, facet of this show is, is the learning and the growing each week. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. You know, it's been a real busy past couple weeks and been scrambling a little bit here just uh, in, in, in life in general and then for doing the show. But it's it's good. It's good to come back here in the studio and kind of um, do this podcast and have great minds join us and, and kind of feed into what our whole process is. And that's drive like we've talked about, you know, hashtag drive, uh, determination, rigor, inspiration, victory and excellence. And that's that's what we're all about here. And, you know, you got a million things going on, Coach, and, and yet you still find a way to, to organize and get, get this done. So uh, we're, 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 ha- we're happy to be here. And um, our, we have a great guest today on the show, and uh, it's a, another high school coach. Last week we had high school uh, baseball coach from Poudre High School, uh, Luke Cheever. This time we're going back to football, and we're going to Berthoud, Colorado, with uh, Coach Corey Tickner, a fellow Poudre High School graduate like myself, um, and uh, we're really pleased to have him join us. Coach Tickner, how are you today? I'm doing great, Coach Praveen. Thanks for having me on tonight. Absolutely. We're so happy for you to join us. Like we said, we were scrambling, and we kind of had to uh, get a last-minute guest in, and, and Coach Coach Tickner was was uh, was uh, able to join us and was super appreciative of him joining. So um, how's it how's it looking down there in Berthoud right now? How's the weather? I know in Colorado it can change from street to street. So how is it down there in Berthoud? Yeah, it's, you know, anytime we just stay around the 90s in the summer, it's great. And Berthoud is a beautiful town down there on the principal this year in his first year so you know it's 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 really exciting time to be a spartan that's awesome you know this is your you're going into your second year at birth at high school as the head coach there and i wanted to ask you kind of your your path and how you um what led you to birth at high school a little bit about your background your coaching background and uh what led you to coaching and then what led you to to birth at high school yeah, absolutely. And this is this is my second year uh, coming up at Berthoud, and I spent two years at uh, at Fossil Ridge High School under Zach Bigelow as his defensive coordinator. Um, prior to that, I was a head coach at uh, Kennard Middle School in Fort Collins, and uh, got a chance to work with uh, Coach McElwain over at Colorado State University. Uh, did some uh, player personnel for him, and worked as an offensive quality control assistant as well. Um, you know, and I think it's a pretty unique situation to have a chance to work at all three levels of amateur football and that's something that I bring with me in everything that I do with those experiences moving forward. Um, I played football as you mentioned at Poudre High School under Coach Yonks. He was our head coach, Coach Yonker at the time. Coach McVicker is now currently the head coach. He was uh, he was one of our assistant coaches at that time. Um, but you know, when you get a chance to play under a coaching staff like that, they make an impact on you and it uh, you know, kind of shows you at a young age that you know, there's a lot of options to, you know, develop as a leader and what you might want to grow into. And 
Um, you know, playing for those guys, I made a decision pretty early that that was something that eventually I was going to get into. And I'm just, you know, really excited to kind of have this opportunity um, over in Burford right now. That's great. I mean, it's uh, like I, it's awesome that you've been able to coach it all three levels. I mean, I think that's that's rare. I think we kind of maybe find our level and then stick there, and we don't really maybe move up or down. So um, that's awesome. What I mean, what do you see maybe the biggest difference in coaching from those three levels, if there is any, or what kind of stands out to you about coaching at at those three levels that you have coached at? Well, that's a great question. You know, when you're talking about the major Division One college level, it's it's more of a business. You have a lot of guys uh, from that team that I specifically worked on that were trying to get to the to the NFL. Um, and when you recruit, it's it's more of a national game. So um, it's a lot more intense. You know, the hours are extremely long. We work 12 hours a day, 80 hours a week. It's no joke. Um, you know, when you compare it to, you know, the middle school level, that's when you really want to keep the kids engaged with, with fun activities. You want to give them the best football experience you can. But, uh, you know, you really got to make them fun for them because you don't want to turn them off from the game before they get to the high school level. And so I kind of see high school football as a mix between the two. You know, you got to get those kids prepared uh, to explore the opportunities after high school, whether whatever that may be, if it's athletics or just academics. Um, and, you know, you got to prepare them for life. So you gotta, you're going to start making, you know, young men or young adults out of those student athletes. And all along the way, I – make it adamant to my assistant coaches that we are going to have fun so um part of our practice plan tomorrow morning at workouts we're going to do you know red light green light for uh, for conditioning for example so you got to kind of find ways to go throughout your, your rigor or your um you know your grind that they say and, and make sure the kids are still having fun at the, at the high school level coach i want to highlight something real quick because uh my my man here coach praveen he wants to uh, get into that college level, and he, want, he wants to go in, in GA and intern at a location. You talk about the grind. Tell me about these 12- and 14-hour days at CSU <laughs> that you spent. What, what was that grind like? Well, it's, it's, it's no joke. You know, it's, There were some guys sleeping in offices when I was there, and it's, it's no different across the country. You hear a lot, of, a lot of head coaches are coming up with new ideas these days to – you know, kind of provide more time for coaches to be with families during the season. But it was very common for us to come in at 6, 6.30 in the morning, and we didn't get out of there till about 11 o'clock at night because um, there's a lot that goes into the day, you know, and the kids, the, the athletes go to class in the morning and then they come in for practice, and we got to be ready ready to roll when they get there for practice. So as a staff, you have your meetings all morning and you get prepared and planned out. And then after practice, you know, we have film and more meetings and, uh, then you got to recruit on top of it. So there's so many aspects to, to college football that there's really not enough, you know, time in the day. And it's, it's a seven day a week job, but it's, it's a good experience. And it gave me, you know, a work ethic that I'm able to apply to the high school level. And I, I, I say it, you know, I'm a humble guy, but I don't think there's anybody in the state that's going to outwork me because of that, because I've seen, you know, what, what time you can put into this game and what you get out of that time that you do put into the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you highlighted um, earlier, you know, at the, the middle school level, making it fun, having a good time with the kids, talking about the high school level, and, and saying how, hey, we're, we're building these guys for life. And I really liked that. Now, reverse it. When you're recruiting in college and you're trying to find that 
that right football player to come join your team and your family. What is the mission in recruiting? What are you looking for in that, in that young man? Well, that's a great question, Coach Shattuck. And really, it starts with, you know, what you see on film and the, the ability of the player. You know, without having the physical ability or the tools to play the game, the conversation about those individuals kind of stop right there. But once you identify the players that you think are going to be a good fit for your program or your system, then you start to make those contacts. And, you know, that's why you have such a big staff, and that's why you spend so much time doing it because you got to reach out to – you know, parents, you reach out to social media, you want to see what these kids are up to. Uh, you talk to teachers, you look at transcripts, you really got to kind of check all the boxes and make sure that there's nothing that gives you a red flag that you think you're going to hesitate to bring that player into your program. And the biggest piece of that is, is the high school head coach. And I think that's where, you know, I take great pride in what I do for my student athletes. I've been fortunate enough to put, you know, several players into the net or be a part of putting several players into the next level, I should say. And, and I enjoy that because being on the, the college level of recruiting and then flipping it around and having a chance to promote my athletes as a high school coach, it's something that I find great joy in. Um, and having my contacts that I still do across the country, it gives me a great avenue to promote our student athletes. So, um, it's something that's it's really enjoyable part of the game for me, and to see these kids get a chance to live out their dreams um, is something that I'd get great satisfaction out of. We're here uh, speaking with Coach Tickner, head coach of Berthet High School football here in Colorado. Coach, I you know I don't think, and maybe maybe it has, but I'm not sure if any position you've been in has prepared you for what we're going through right now and heading into um you know the fall and the uncertainty and everything like that and um throughout this time since march or whenever everything kind of got shut down um i want to ask how you've sort of um now you don't have to give away any secrets but uh, uh how you stayed engaged <laughs> with your players and athletes um during this time and coaches as well and kind of what you've done to keep them engaged and kind of stay optimistic and prepare for a season if there is one yeah, it's been a challenge, Coach Ravine. There's no doubt about that. And I'm sure you guys have experienced it over there at Poudre as well. And I think, you know, staying engaged with the coaching staff is a little bit easier than the players at this point because when you're meeting on Zoom and the technology that we have and the huddle and the playbook and stuff, you can get a lot more production out of a meeting with adults mm -hmm. um, and talking about what you want to do. One of the challenges for me has actually been hiring a couple guys. You know, I've been looking to hire a couple coaches this summer, and that's you know, a whole other set of challenges. So a lot of, a lot of reference checks, you know, references are pretty strong this day and age because you don't get a chance to, you know, get face to face with people and meet and see what they're all about or put them on the whiteboard sometimes. So a little bit of leap of faith with a couple guys, but I'm feeling pretty good about those decisions. Um, as far as the players go, you know, what we did early on was did some zoom install meetings or Google Classroom kind of things, you know, mm -hmm. and we get, made sure we were getting together and staying involved in their lives. Um, I'm, I'm big on uh, group me with the kids and sending them, you know, anecdotes and just kind of staying in touch with them. Um, and then what we had to do early on when we weren't allowed to, to touch base with them is just kind of send out some workout suggestions, you mm -hmm. know, and you have to assume, Coach Ravine, that a lot of them don't have weight equipment. So it had to be pretty much, you know, old school calisthenic kind of workouts and they're probably not going to be the most, you know, productive when it comes to fall, but I was just adamant that we kept the kids active, got them off the couch, and really I just wanted them to, to be a little bit more conditioned than anything, you know, coming into the season.
But, you know, without technology, I don't know what we would have done this summer, hmm. this spring. We were fortunate enough to get contact with our players in early June. Um, we could start doing small group workouts. So we took advantage of that. You know, we had to start by meeting them at a the park, and then we got access to, to our district sites. And um, that's been a whole whole other set of challenges. But, you know, our coaching staff's up for it, and we've been doing some good things with the kids over at Berthoud. And we installed a whole new offense this summer, and I'm pretty comfortable about you know where we're at with that so you know i think we're going to see see some things this fall but if you were to ask me if i was happy with where we're at I'd, I'd say no but it's not a normal season right? right and it's not a normal season for anybody in the state and i think we're all going to have to be okay with where we're at you know you can't really argue with the decisions that are being made you got to keep kids safety at the forefront and teacher safety and coach safety and you know as, as long as everybody's safe and healthy we get a chance to play a little football. I think we're all going to be winners at the end of the day this fall. We'd all be a little happier if we get to get out and do something. <laughs> that's that's the truth. I mean we 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 miss the kids. We miss getting outside. Um, you know, I'll tell you first and foremost for me, man, it, it's having that in person connection with the kids you don't realize the difference because you're always connected with them through text, through social media and things like that. And you get, you get kind of used to that at night and on the weekend, but man, not being there in person you, until you experience it, boy, that starts to weigh on you quickly because we're leaders and we're, we're trying to, like you said, we're trying to build winners for life. And when you get that taken away for a while, that's a lot to deal with, which, which leads me perfectly into this next part so for our audience that that might not know this coach tickner and i were together for a couple years at fossil ridge high school so i have had the privilege of working side by side with him sharing conversations learning a lot about his past me talking about my past and one of the things that i was really intrigued when, when you agreed to come on with us really intrigued by is the ability to dive in and, and tell our audience something that, that they just might not know or might not have experienced. So, and I don't, I don't care if you go all the way back to when you were a player and you want to highlight something, or you want to talk about being a leader currently, I want you to walk us through a point in time where you faced some adversity, a major adversity, again, whether as a player or a coach or a leader, or, or in your case, you're also a father and a husband. Talk to us about some kind of major adversity you faced, how you pulled it together, attacked the issue, and overcame it. Well, I think when you talk adversity in football, it kind of goes hand in hand, and that's the beauty of the game, mm -hmm. you know, because you learn those life lessons through football, and the whole point of putting these young people through this game is really to give them the tools and the confidence that they can overcome that adversity, you know. So as a player... You know, over at Pooter High School, we had some very successful teams. And, you know, we had some disappointments in, in the playoffs. And, you know, we probably should have had a couple state, state real deep state runs when I was there. But, um, you know, that was a little bit of a, a disappointment. But to be honest with you, Coach Chadwick, the adversity, it, it really didn't hit me until I sat in the chair I'm in. You know, when you're a head football coach, it's, it's a different game. And we had a, a pretty challenging season last year. And I came out of it around Christmas time and I was super excited, you know, to get back into it in the spring and, you know, had some whole bunch of new ideas with the experience I gained at the two-way level. And 
I was going to start implementing these things and just hit the ground running going into spring ball and just, you know, really build this thing up for the fall. And then this COVID thing happened, man. And I, I'm not alone in saying that this off season and the spring has been the most challenging adversity I've ever faced in my life. Um, and it, you brought up the family aspect, professional aspect, the coaching aspect. It, it really hits all three, man. And you might even add, you know, the social constraints to it. And it's, it's a super challenging time. And I think that is why we need to be here for these kids even more right now, because they've never experienced anything like this either. And you brought up the, you know, the face to face contact and spending time with these young people. And that's a big reason why I got into coaching was to affect, you know, teenagers in a positive way. And I think they need that now more than ever because a lot of them have good homes, you know, not all of them do. And they need to get out of those homes and spend some time with some adults that are, are going to kind of direct them in the right way. But at this point, even the kids that have good homes, they need something to do, you know, so getting a chance to get out and work out and, and be with those kids, it's a special deal. So I worked through the adversity early on in the summer and I'm pretty proud of the way that we came out of it. Uh, my family, especially because, now, you know, you get into this routine, you get to go work out with the kids early in the morning, be around your team, and they just really seem to re-energize me more than anything. And, you know, be around them is just a special thing. And then to get a chance to come home and spend some time with those little ones and my wife, it's it's been a great last month, you know. And I, I'd call it a rebound from the early spring months, but um, who knows what's going to come in the fall. So I'm, I'm kind of bracing myself for that as well but i'm pretty happy with how you know we've come through it as a football family and my family over here uh personally as well you know i'll, I'll tell you it, it stands out to me kind of i'm a i coach baseball at pooter as well and this spring was supposed to be my second season coaching baseball there and i'm not the head coach of the program but yeah i'm sure going into your first year it's a new experience you're kind of you know learning a bunch of things you're you're trying to find out what you want to do with with the program how you want to build your culture and then year two is kind of like that year where you can really kind of step on the pedal and really begin that process and really implement and have it settle in and then all of a sudden it gets taken away and and you know it's 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 good that lately we've been able to kind of ease back into it i'll tell you you know what what also stood out to me by what you said coach was um, how the, the kids re-energize you and you played for coach yonker i currently work with coach yonkers and he's been coaching for over 40 years and he always says the kids keep me young and i couldn't agree more with that you know even on a bad day or if i'm had a long uh you know a long day the day before and we got 7 a.m workouts i'll get there and i'll be like okay it's gonna, it could be a long workout and then it'll be done in a snap and that's because the kids are just they bring the energy, and I think they really bring the energy to us. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the first person you thought of when you said the kids energized me was Coach Yonks because he's – that's – I mean, that guy has been coaching for 45 years, and he's just has so much energy and just doesn't you, – you wouldn't be able to tell he's been coaching for that long, and I think it's really true. The kids really do energize us. I'll tell you right now, I, I loved working with Coach Yonks, and – Man, he's been coaching longer than I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and Coach, Coach Youngs, I hope you're listening to this. Man, <laughs> I, I, I love you. I respect you. And I actually remember talking to him one day and said, Coach, I wish I would have played for you. Too bad, too bad I was from another state. Um, I yeah, would have loved you to do, play for you. You do, Coach. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's an awesome guy. And 
what I wanted to dive into now, because we were just talking about Yonks. Yonks is a clear leader for all of us. We, yep. We've all either you know played or worked uh, uh, with Yonks, and, and he's just an awesome guy, uh, great leader, um, really brings the fire. Um, Coach Tickner, you have worked with a lot of different coaches and, and definitely some coaches of some pretty high standing. You mentioned McElwain earlier, Coach McElwain. Um, I, I can't remember where he's at right now. Um, but I, I know he was at Florida for a little while, University of Florida, you know, before. I think he's at Central and Michigan, if I'm not mistaken, but. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right, Coach. Um, you've worked with a lot of other people. What I want to know is, is there a particular coach that was very influential to you and, and, and what they, you know, something they said or something they did that really stands out to you today that you use as a leader now? That, that you learned in your past? You know, whenever you get the privilege of serving in the capacity that I currently enjoy uh, as a head football coach of a high school, the list is very long, you know, and I think it absolutely did start as a player with Poudre High School and Coach Yonks is my head coach, and he kind of showed, you know, how it was done. And Coach McVicker, the current head coach there, he was a position coach, but he – he really developed a relationship with me, even though he coached on the complete opposite side of the ball. And that was something that, you know, I never forgot. And I take that, that strength of developing a relationship with kids that he taught me into everything I do, both teaching and coaching. Um, but it's not just coaches, um, that, you know, show leadership and, and have an impact on me. My wife, uh, you guys talk about drive a lot and, you know, whether it's drive or your why, or, you know, your motivating factor. My wife is an amazing, amazing human being. And to see, you know, her work ethic and to push me to be a better person, a better man, and a better coach, it's it's a really special thing. And now to see her as a, as a mother, you know, leading our family, it, it, it really inspires me on a, on a daily basis. And a couple of years ago, you know, Coach Josefsky was talking to his team, and he encouraged his players to, to be like their mothers because – it's a dependable position. You know, they're always there in the middle of the night. They're always there when you need them. And that's something that I've really been able to observe in the last couple of years, having my own children. And it's something that I take, you know, from my home and try to apply to my football family with the birth of Spartans. And it's, it's something I take very seriously. And I think I'm extremely fortunate to have, you know, a backbone at home like her. And she inspires me on a daily basis. You did mention, you know, Coach McElwain, he, he made a big impact on my philosophy of education, my philosophy of, of coaching. and um, He was always talking about the duality of the individual and whether they affect you in a positive way or a negative way. And, um, you know, that's something that I adopted as my own. And my, my goal is to affect people I interact with in, in a positive way, you know. And I really believe in it. It's not just coach talk. It's something that I've seen the the positive impact on individuals and the outcome and how it benefits people's lives and especially my own. Um, the assistant head coach over at Central Michigan with with Coach McElwain, his name is Kevin Barbe, and he was the uh, director of player personnel at Colorado State. We worked really closely together. Um, he kind of, you know, showed me how to lead with positivity as well. You know, a lot, not a lot of dictation or arguments, and he just, you know kind of led by example and gave me some good things to look at i've had uh had a chance to work for some really good athletic directors as well you know michael the wall over at bertha right now 
Um, it's a very fortunate circumstance for me to be able to work with him as a first-time head coach. He's got great experience as the state champion with Platte Valley as a head coach. So, um, you know, he does an amazing job of letting me know what I need to know, but still let me run my own program. So that's a good relationship. And Coach Shattuck, you mentioned we worked together at Fossil Ridge. You know, we worked under Zach Biglow as our head coach. And I learned a lot from that man and specifically about positive leadership. You know, he he definitely showed me how to interact with the staff in a real positive way. He didn't yell at people. He didn't argue with people. He just developed really strong, positive relationships and used that to kind of, you know, propel his assistants into places that he needed them to be. And that's something that I took to heart. And I try to apply that to, to my current situation as well. And, you know, the list goes on. There's probably a hundred other guys, you know, I've been working, uh, with coach Carl over at Rocky mountain during this, this downtime, you know, we constantly touch base every night to see, you know, how we're doing and just keep relationships strong, talk ball, just talk life, that sort of thing. So, you know, the list, it, it, it could go on for days, but uh, whenever you have a chance to, you know, reflect on these relationships, I think it's a good thing. So I appreciate you guys answer, asking me that question. It's important. Yeah, you know, last last week we spoke with Coach Luke Cheever, and he the biggest biggest thing he talked about was relationships and people. And you, you mentioned that word relationships and, and maybe dive in a little bit more for us about, you know, what relationships mean and how important they really are um, in life and how it's important to develop them and maintain them. Well, that's a great point. And when we finished our season last year at the banquet, my main point of our, our team speech was the relationships that we, we created and, you know, 25, 30 years from now, we're really not going to remember what happened week three against, you know, Thompson Valley. We're going to think back on how our teammates made us feel, how they were there for us, what they did to help us up, you know, and how they, you know, kind of made us better people at the time and propelled us and gave us examples on how we could, you know, move forward in tough times. So I think without the relationships, um, especially as a leader, it's really impossible to get uh, get your point across to your players. You can't execute plays. You can't get them to study their playbook. You can't encourage or engage them, you know, to give them what you need to be successful on the field unless they know that you care about them. You know, there's that old saying that's, um, you know, an athlete wants to know that you care about them before they, you know, care what you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I believe in that. And, you know, that's something that I experienced with um, – my baseball coach at Pooter, Coach Pravini, said you played a little baseball, coach a little baseball. I played um, under the current principal at Rocky Mountain, Coach Craig Woodall, and <laughs> he was amazing at that in the classroom. So that's something that, you know, you know, I take to heart and try to apply to really everything I do in education. You've been with a legendary group of people. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really have. Um, you know, and, and for some of our listeners who – you know, might not be from Colorado or from Northern Colorado. I mean, you have worked with some legendary coaches in this area and you, and, and it shows I've worked side by side with you. It shows in the way that you, you come to the field because it's more than a game. And I don't want to be trite in saying that. I know, I know NBA likes to come out all the time and say it's, it's more than a game. It really is. And, and, you know, I don't want to just mimic that, but I want to highlight that, that, that development piece is so important to who we are as, as leaders. And that development piece is so important for the kids because they're the future. And that said, walk me through 
um, the message you would give to people today and what you think they need to be successful leaders tomorrow in their walk of life? Because we know that very few of these kids are going to go pro in sports. So, so we're talking the real world. What, what is that advice? What is that, what is that leadership piece we give them that they need for tomorrow? You know, that's a great, great question, Coach Shattuck. And, you know, leadership is very similar to culture. Everybody knows it's extremely important, but it's not necessarily tangible, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you develop this in your young people or your coaching staff or yourself? And I found, well, first of all, I don't have the answer, right? But I found that I have developed my leadership skills through practice, you know, and it's no different than, than a doctor office that's, you know, continually practicing you know, what they're developing or getting better on a, on a, a weekly or daily or game by game basis. And I think the key to that practice is putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. You know, I found, um, early on that, you know, public speaking wasn't necessarily my thing, but I challenged myself to get uncomfortable and put myself in spots where I could develop those skills and, and work on my public speaking. And that's a, that's a big part of, you know, becoming a leader. And I think I would, encourage young people to find those skills that they need to work on, especially communication skills. Um, in this day and age, you know, communication is key. And if you don't develop those skills, you don't just get them. You know what I'm saying? So Amen to you got to work with your, yeah, you got to work with your written skills, your written communication, your typing skills and your, your, your dictation. And you got to get all that, th all those things right, because you could have the best ideas in the world and you could have the greatest motivational keys to, you know, your team or your business or your company, but if you can't communicate to people what you're thinking or what we all need to get done or where, where we're going with this thing, it's, it's just not going to happen. So I guess I would just encourage, you know, people, if they wanted to develop the leadership skills, they just got to practice, you know, practice those skills that, that come up. And I'm a true believer that leaders, leaders are, are kind of born. You know what I'm saying? People, people tend to gravitate toward leadership. You can kind of identify them within your team. Um, so what I do as a coach now is I kind of see, you know, who takes, takes the lead at, at, at a given practice session or whatever. And then I start to kind of challenge those individuals with some of these, these skill building, you know, techniques and give them a chance and see how they kind of grow with that. And that's actually been one of the silver linings of this pandemic guys is, um, you know, I split the guys into small workout groups when we weren't able to touch, uh, touch base with them and we called them platoons over at Berthoud and, I assigned a, a leader to each one of those and they, they kind of had to work on as an assistant coach, you know, cause they were organizing the workouts, getting the guys together. And it was a great opportunity for those kids to work on those leadership aspects and develop some of those skills and organizational habits and, and things that they need to, you know, develop their careers in whatever they want to do. It's almost like you just need to be thrown to the fire. Like you said, like be uncomfortable with being comfortable as, as I've heard before. And, and it, it's so true. You know, I'll tell you, even as a coach, sometimes that's what happens is, you know, I kind of got thrown into the fire. I'd never coached a thing before I, a sport and I, you know, I, I was, I was a manager at a restaurant. That's about the most leadership aspect I had before. And then sure enough, I get this position at Pooter and I, and then two years later, I'm, I'm, I'm leading the freshman team. And, and, you know, I didn't know much about being a head coach, if, if anything at all. And I think that almost made me better 
um, having to kind of dive in to the fire and being uncomfortable and kind of having to figure things out, trial and error and things like that. So uh, that's, a, that's a great point, bringing that up, being uncomfortable, you know, putting yourself there. And it's good, I think, at a younger age to kind of get used to that because I think life is full of uncomfortable situations. And I think to be in a to be in that to be there at a younger age. Sometimes I wish I was in an uncomfortable moment at a younger age, um, so it would better me uh, as I got older. So that's that's incredible to put the. I like that idea. Is taking platooning them and and having a leader of each team and having the kid lead and and putting them in that situation to communicate, organize, you know, and and those are definitely skills that leaders need so that's that's great points to bring up there coach that's that's awesome i love that idea i might need to do that with my freshman team at some point during the season and and think about this here's here's another huge benefit to what you're doing coach you're putting them in a position be a little uncomfortable you know uncomfortable because the thing is how do we teach you how to be comfortable being uncomfortable well we can't just do it by talking about it we got to put you there because you have to, it's a growing pain. You have to grow through that. It's a learning edge. And the thing I love about it, it's really a low risk, high reward situation for them. What's the worst that's going to, that's going to happen? They might not communicate well at first. They might miss a message and you can quickly get that back in line. It's not like you're asking them to balance a budget and they've never done it and they're very uncomfortable and you're telling them, hey, be comfortable being uncomfortable, guys. I need you to balance this budget. Um, <laughs> your, bu- your budget is $350,000. But guess what? We have a budget reduction going on because we're facing COVID right now. And it's you know April of 2020. I need you to reduce it by 15%. And then you just let them go for a week and don't talk to them. That's a bad situation. <laughs> high risk. And I don't know that there's a high reward there. <laughs> I think it's very low reward. So I, I, I love the way that you can put a, a young person into that mix and be able to develop them. That's awesome. I, I, I'm so glad to hear that that's how you're handling it. Well, and I think it's, it's one of those things where you've got to find some positive in a bad situation. You know? So it's, it's challenging as a, as a coaching staff to you know, continue to develop your program when you can't necessarily be around the kids every day. But there's little things like that that, you can continue to, you know, apply apply to your program to develop the whole thing and the individual, and it, it's challenging for sure. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say I'm super excited to get back and get some pads on and get, you know, get to playing football as as normal. But um, you know, there's been some growth as a, as a coach this year, and you know, Coach Bravine mentioned going into your second year, you really expect, you know, some serious growth mm-hmm. as as a coach and, and as a as a program and. It's been stymied a little bit, I'll be honest with you, but you know, we still we still got some good ideas, we got some good athletes and we're still developing bodies and minds and and schemes and you know, I, I have high hopes for the birth of Spartans this year and I, I really believe the the next four, three, four, five years over over on the south side of Larimer County are gonna be pretty exciting for football. Well, coach, I'll tell you what, I think Bertha has the right guy in charge to to, for, for a situation like this I mean everything that your positivity and choosing positivity over negativity when it comes to reinforcement and and kind of choosing positive mentality over I think it's important I think we live in a world sometimes full of negativity and it's important to have people and leaders in charge to kind of push that positivity so I have no doubt that uh you know whatever comes your way you you and your program are going to handle it great because they have a great leader in charge 
Well, I really appreciate that, Coach Levine. And I think, you know, whenever you get a chance to get on on a media channel or just collaborate with coaches that are, you know, trying to better themselves and talk about important subjects like leadership and, and development of young people, it, it's really important. So uh, I didn't hesitate to jump at this opportunity. You know, I think what you guys are doing for high school athletics in Colorado is amazing. Um, and, you know, anything, anytime I can get over and work with some guys from, you know, Poudre High School, I, I, I don't even think about that one. That's a done deal. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate you guys having me on today. And, uh, you know, I wish you guys the best with your families, and your, your coaching and your, your professions. And, you know, I can't wait to see what you guys do over there in the 5A conference or division this year also. Well, I'll tell you, we are we're super appreciative of you joining us here on 3rd and 30. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, this is my, it's one of my first times speaking to you. So it's, it's been an honor to, to, to meet you and, and chat with you and, and have a great conversation with you. I hope one day soon we can, uh, we can meet in person and have a, have a face-to-face conversation and, and, uh, you know, with, with coach Chaddock leaving, you know, you, you got me now. So, um, <laughs> you, uh, feel free to reach out about anything at all. And we'd love to have you on the show again, coach. So thanks again so much for joining us. Yeah. Anytime guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Uh, again, a big shout out to Coach Tickner from Birth at High School in Colorado, and like we said, it was it was kind of last minute bringing him on. And man, Coach Chaddock, I'll tell you that was quite the, that was a great conversation. It was it was great to have a positive conversation, and kind of that's what we do this for. Is I, I mentioned it before, we 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 tend to be especially now in a world of negativity, and what we want to do is kind of attack problems in a positive way. There's always a way to do it waste time being negative so always can kind of move forward being positive so um great conversation with coach tickner so i'm really glad he was able to join us uh join us today yeah i'm with you and you know i love how you highlighted about the positivity part because you know whether whether you're us doing this show whether you're a guest whether you're in the audience right now uh, whatever day you're listening to it we could be putting this out and you're not hearing it for two weeks the message just may strike you in a way of uplifting you that day because you never know what's going on in a young man's life or in a leader's life. Because I'm going to tell you right now, as leaders, we have bad days. <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, guys. As, as leaders, sometimes we have bad days. Maybe it's we're taking a beating at work or maybe we had an issue at home and we didn't feel like we left the situation right. I'll tell you right now, I'm a father. And I got, I got two wonderful kids. And, and sometimes the stress uh, uh, of some different things going on at work or sometimes the stress of maybe something you're working on in your personal life, it starts building and building and building. And of course, we try not to let that out at work. We try not to affect people. And then sometimes, man, your kids just push the button that day and all of a sudden you get ticked off at your kids and then you, you leave the house for a little while and you know, 20 minutes later when you calm down, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, I feel like crap. Just yell, just yell at the kid. Feel like crap now. And then you're trying to get connected with your kid again, you know, to, to apologize to them. And, and you're trying to figure out how you find your balance. Leaders, leaders out there. I hope this message hit you great. Coach Tickner is a great guy. I've worked with him personally. What I want you to be able to take out of this is we live in a dynamic world. Right now, it's a dynamic, changing world. And I'm telling you, the, wor- the world is not just going to hand us something right now. 
uh, Coach Praveen talks about it every single every single episode. I'm going to bring it up this time, man. I'm stealing your thunder. <laughs> there, there are headline readers, <laughs> and there are article readers. Amen. And you can't just read one article and think that's good enough. You've got to do your research. And right now, our society is is living in a world where we're just reading a quick headline, and we're seeing oh. Geez, COVID cases went up. Oh, COVID cases went up. Oh, they're going up everywhere. They're this, they're this, they're this. Yes, they are. They're going up. We're testing a lot more people. The COVID cases are going up. I want to acknowledge that. We have to get better as a society of putting some measures into place. And you know something that I really do want to highlight that we're not talking about as a society? The morbidity rate is going down. Less people are actually dying from it now. I'm not, I don't know that there's some magic out there that's happening. I just think it goes to show. I don't want to go on a COVID tangent, but I just wanted to highlight we're living in such a negative society right now and how we can how we can tap into people like Coach Tickner, how we can tap into people like our last guest, Coach Cheever. How do we tap into Coach Price? How do we tap into these resources of positive leaders? Because my goodness gracious world, the, the world needs more positive leaders right now. Sure do. We need it. Mm -hmm. All these negative leaders out there, I mean, we are at the cusp of losing fall sports or gaining fall sports right now. We are at the cusp. Are we going to have fall sports seasons or are we not going to have fall sports seasons? And there are seniors out there that, that we love and we care about and we want to see them find their success. We want to see them get a chance to showcase their talents, whether it's one last time because they're about to graduate or whether it's that additional time because they're trying to earn that scholarship to go to college. Keep in mind, it's not just about going to play sports. Sports can provide that avenue to a college education because we're trying to build winners for life. Right. We want the winners for life. And Coach Tickner did a wonderful job of highlighting how He's putting people in situations right now, this summer. Mm -hmm. During all this. Learn, during everything. A kid, a high school kid, putting him in a situation to be a leader of their platoon, as he described it. To be, hey, I want you to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And guess what? I'm telling you right now, I'm a leader in my organization. Oh, yeah, we're uncomfortable. We're really uncomfortable. Because no one knows what's going to go on in a week. Quite frankly, most of the time from March until early June, we couldn't even predict what was going to go on the next day. <laughs> Let alone, we were trying to figure out how to open facilities, trying to figure out how to serve a public, trying to figure out how to be there for your coworkers who are not doing good with social isolation. How do you be there for relatives and for friends that are not coping with social isolation? The seniors in the community, I'm not talking high school seniors, I'm talking senior citizens in the community who can't get out, people who are living in nursing homes or other, uh, or other areas that can't have a guest come in to visit them, right. social isolation. It's not just COVID, guys. It's social isolation right now. People are missing the ability to be with one another. And how as leaders can we help people gain comfortability in the work environment? Mm -hmm. Gain comfortability with reducing budgets. 
learning what can we live without this year that maybe we can get in a year or two to balance a budget sheet balancing budget sheets is huge guys this is real world stuff and and right now coach tickner is doing an amazing job of putting these putting these high school athletes into situations where they get to be a leader of their group learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable in a pretty safe environment i say safe from a psychological and development standpoint it's a safe environment because you have you have a low risk there right low risk and, and those hey they might fail at that or they might fail at that and it's a wonderful teachable moment that has a low risk to it it's not going to break your program no no but look what it can do to build your program exactly risk look what it can do to build your culture Look what it can do to that young student athlete's confidence. Because make no mistake about it, when you become a leader, we all have self-doubt. Mm-hmm. I've, had peop- I've had people tell me before, you're such a confident leader. And I laugh. Yeah, I'm glad you feel I present myself that way because <laughs> there's sometimes when I'm crapping my pants. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the reality of the situation because we don't have all the answers. I promise you I don't have all the answers. And if, I know it. If, 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 and usually everything we, we do as coaches, we usually steal it from another coach at some point or another. <laughs> then anything that you learn in football, I'm guaranteed we, we learn it from somewhere, you know, and that's where we find the answers. We use each other to find the answers. And that's, you know, and, and, and you know, teaching the kids that, what well, stands out to me, and Coach Tickner brought this up through a, a leader that he worked with, Coach McElwain, the educate, it all starts with the education. It all starts with how you're learning and what you're learning and and how you're applying it. And education, you know, we talk in this world. We're talk, you know, they, along with COVID, you got these these protests and you have the the Black Lives Matter movement and 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 police reform, you know. And I and I'm not I'm not going to speak on that, but I think when we talk about all those things, I think the base of the root is we almost need an educational reform and we need to go down to the bottom. And what are we teaching from ground up? Because when it comes to balancing budget sheets, when it comes to being a leader. You know, we need education when it comes to finding out, you know, number uh, mortality rate for numbers are going up and down for for COVID. What that's education. We have to teach ourselves. And how does it all work? How does a virus work? You know, how does it grow? How do our bodies work? You know, there, there's news out there that a vaccine is out. You know how long it takes to really get vaccines to 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 be a real vaccine to be used every day. And it takes a while. You know, so there's false hope. People get so excited and they might get broken down and then they use that. It's educating yourself. It's understanding that, you know, to balance a budget sheet, it, 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 there's a certain way of doing it and it, it, it takes discipline. And there's a process behind that. To be a leader, to be a good leader, you might be born with it, but you have to practice it and you have to learn from other leaders and you have to learn how to handle situations. To, to, to understand how, uh, you know, viruses work. I think people are like, oh, I never use biology in life. What do you mean you never use biology in life? We are biology. We are life. That is what we are. And, and, and so we need to learn these kinds of things because pandemics come all the time. And this is one that really was, is the biggest one in our lifetime that has affected our day-to-day life and ev- economic life and, and health life and everything. But it starts with education to make us stronger for it. We, I think the reason we have negative attitudes and we live in a negative world is because people don't know. You know, every article headline that people read is usually has a negative tone to it or a bias. We're not really educating. You know, some people might think they're educating, but they're not. You know, you're automatically right there at the headline giving an opinion to someone that they're going to ride with. And we have information every day, left and right. And Tick, Coach Nick Tickner highlighted it. Education. McElwain really, Coach McElwain really installed, 
instill the value of education and teaching within football. We don't even talk about school or in the world. He taught, <laughs> he he instilled that value big time in Coach Tickner through football. And so I think yeah. if we can do it through football, it's got to be in our schools number one because that is where education is is taught and. And then how? And then how we learn? We need to we need to learn how to learn. As weird as that sounds, you know, I don't think kids these days know how to learn. You know, we live in a technological uh, based life, right? These kids are now my my having have to go hybrid classes, some online, some in class. How come these kids aren't good at? At, at learning online with how much technology is used in their lives these days how come these kids are not good at you know being well versed on how to how to do online classes well i think it's a base problem of not putting not teaching them how to learn properly and we either throw them the information or give them the answers and just or, or either we don't grade properly or don't teach properly and that's that goes that's a root level that's that goes all the way to the roots so i'm ranting on here i'm, I'm getting into it about it but i mean it's it, 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 to me, it, it it means a lot because for me, I I, I d- did not value education when I was younger, and it got me in a lot of trouble. And not like trouble as in I'm getting in you know arrested and and having troubles with the law. No, I'm just I just had trouble being being a successful person and 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 building a life for myself and build and putting putting making my name valuable and being my own person. And that's that really hurt me. As when I was younger and when I realized the value of education and what it can really teach us all the way from biology to balancing your budget sheet it is so important to have that within you because it helps with communicating because then you can be more well versed in communications that are happening I mean I feel like I can put myself in any situation because I value reading about a bunch of different things and educating myself on a lot of different topics that makes me a better communicator because then I'm able to communicate with a lot of different people and it's not just one type of person i can talk to education is the base of it all we have to educate ourselves we have to read more and we have to read more about the same topic there's no one way of things there's no two way of things there's so many different ways of handling things you take pieces from different aspects and you put it into your own way we're all our own human it's all specific it's just like a vaccine a vaccine works specific to your specific body, to your specific problem that you're trying to cure there. We're all specific human beings. We have our own way of handling things, but it starts with education and what you're teaching yourself and how you're learning. How to learn is something I had to get good at. When I was not valuing education, that was something it – was, it, was, it wasn't apparent to me, but as I started valuing education and wanting to – get an education and and be someone with an education, I realized, dang, I don't know how to learn properly. And then I had to start there. I think we're jumping to a head with kids these days. We need to teach them how to learn. Amen to that. I, I have just a wonderful, I think it's wonderful. I'm not biased at all to my own stories though, right? <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I went to Bowling Green State University and I was graduating. Dr. Julie Langfelder comes up, shakes my hand. She was my instructor for a couple years. Wonderful person, taught me so much. Shakes my hand, says, you are one of the most promising students I have ever worked with. You have such a passion to go chase your dreams. My dream was to become a director. And she knew that. I was graduating, and this was a, my my major was uh, sports and recreation. 
I'm graduating. She acknowledges that and says, congratulations, Jason. You're now ready to go learn your job. <laughs> and I said, excuse, I said, what? No, I'm ready to go conquer the world. She goes, no, <laughs> you've learned how to learn. I said, I just spent how much money in all these years to learn how to learn? I said, I knew how to learn. That's why I got all these A's. She said, no, son. College taught you how to learn. So now you're going to go to the world. You're going to get into your job. You're going to successfully learn how to do it because you know how to learn and you've built the capacity for it. I said, holy crap, I spent how much money to learn how to learn? <laughs> I said it again. She laughed at me. And she said, trust me, you're going to understand this one day down the road. I know you're not going to now. Several years later, when I got some position advancement, I just sat and thought to myself, wow, she was right. <laughs> Man, she was smart. I didn't believe her at the time, but boy, she's right. I learned how to learn. And it was incredible. And, and to hear you say that, because I know you've never heard this story before. Nope. To hear you say that, amen, because I'm telling you guys right now, you have to learn how to learn. And I'm, let, let me promise you all, my son does this all the time. I get on my son's case. Guys, you don't go just learn everything from YouTube. Oh, I was just going to follow up you with that. Go, <laughs> please tell the people. Yes, yes, yes. My, my son my son and his friends have this belief that you're just going to go learn everything in life you need to know from YouTube. If you're, if you're not, shopping for the proper razor to be, for your beard, yeah, maybe YouTube's the place to go. But that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, and his other, his other go-to resource, aside from, you know, because mom and dad come third and fourth. It's YouTube <laughs> and then Siri. Siri's the other resource. <laughs> So there is no excuse for a kid in high school, any student athlete, any, any, any student in high school, any student in middle school for that matter, there is no excuse for you to ever fail a class because apparently you can just YouTube or ask Siri. Guys, learn how to learn. It is the key to life. And I'll, I'll leave you with that. It's true. I mean, it's, when we when we learn how to learn, it, it goes back again to what Coach Tickner talked about being uncomfortable. Yeah, you might come across something about what you're trying to learn that makes you feel uncomfortable. That's part of learning. You know, it, it might be something you don't know. We're uncomfortable with what we don't know, right? Well, that's what we need to change in our society. We need to start being like, oh, well, let me learn more about this because that is the way to approach it. And then, you, you know, these it's a lot of judgment. It's a lot of base level judgment. Don't read a book by its cover. One of the most common cliches we hear and sayings we hear. It's true. This is what we do. We, we, we see someone, we have one conversation with them. We might not even have a conversation with them. We judge them. Okay. We yeah. read a headline. We, we, we base our belief on the entire topic because we saw that headline. And, and it's difficult. I'm not going to lie. Yes. We're, I'm a human being. I read an article. I'm like, oh, wow, really? But to, to live off that me feeling right there to, to react on that emotion. That's a problem. I need to understand. Oh, let me find out more about this before I, before I get all, you know, feely about this. And that's part of learning and it's taking the time. It's not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to make a conscious effort to really buy in and be like, you know what? 
I want to learn this. And that's what I'm saying is if you don't want to learn it, then fine. I don't think that those are the outspoken people we need to be listening to is the people that aren't learning it. We need to be listening to educated people that have taken the time to really learn things. And those are the people I trust. And that's what I, I believe has made me successful in the way I carry myself is because I have followed over the past five years of my life educated people and people that can challenge me, whether it's someone I work with or someone, a celebrity or a podcaster or whatever it is, someone on TV. It, it could be anyone. But I, I really make an effort to try and learn about people, about situations, about the world. And I think it makes us all better people because I'm sure you you read coach and and you reflect and I think those kinds of things and taking the time to reflect on it is is important but you know how how to learn is is the hardest thing to do if we can start that at a younger age I think we're in a good place so um you know I I, I it's it's uh it's truly something that we're going to be hammering on because that's what we do here is we are a leadership podcast. We're a mental strength podcast, a motivational podcast, an educational podcast. We're trying to teach as well through the value, showing you through the value of leadership and motivating and, and, you know, just making, making light out of a tough situation, which no matter what day it could be, you could be in that. So, um, you know, we, we wanted to thank coach Corey Tickner for, for joining us last minute and, and giving us a really in, inspiring conversation. Um, it was, it was truly a, a, a meaningful conversation to have and, and I can't wait to speak to him again. And I really hope you listeners enjoyed it. Coach Yonks, if you're listening, um, I hope you enjoyed listening to this one. Um, we, we all admire you and, and, you know, we, we, we take lessons that you've given us every day and there's no doubt about that so uh i hope you enjoyed listening to that one you know quick shout out to coach coach rich yonker uh over at pooter high school but um you know thank you all for joining us this is our fifth episode it's it's the beginning of a of a long process here but we couldn't be happier with the support we've had and and the encouragement and the kind words everyone has given us throughout this process and we're not even close to being done we're just barely touching the surface right now so um stay tuned we'll be back again in two more weeks for a brand new episode a brand new guest and you know we have a great great list of guests that we have coming up you know we're ending our quarter here with one more episode we're going to kick off the fall with a new quarter and give you guys a a, a whole new slew line of guests and we cannot wait to get that going so be sure to check us out throw us a review subscribe rate us over on apple podcast google podcast spotify wherever you listen to your podcast give us a shout on social media third and 30 podcast twitter instagram facebook uh, whatever's convenient for you, we'd love to. We'd love to uh, hear a shout out or, uh, um, you know, give us a give us what's on your mind today, and um, feel free to reach out whenever you can. Uh, Coach Jason Chaddock, wish you the best in your endeavors, and uh, you know, have have safe travels, and you know, I know I'll be in touch with you soon, and um, yeah, I I appreciate everything uh, you've done so far, and can't wait to 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 continue this this process with you. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate that, and I look forward to a bright future for us here. Uh, my name is Coach Praveen Brigada. That is Coach Jason Chaddock. This is the 3rd and 30 Podcast.